0: Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, 7 a.m. Eastern Time, a vision for new big book study. My name is Amy G, and I'm a recovered compulsive reader. Today's date is Tuesday, April 14, 2020. Today we are reading from the book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We are at page 103, reading the second paragraph, starting with "Someday we hope." Today's read are, and thank you for your service. Vinnie T, Lisa B, Alice L, Alice G, Joanne L, and our newcomer greeter at the second hour will be Elizabeth D, and our host, Melissa C. Thank you all, Team Tuesday. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I just realized I did not give the reference numbers for yesterday, so let me go ahead and sneak those in. The reference numbers for yesterday, Monday, April 13th, for the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting is 14,426. That's 14426. For the 10 a.m. meeting Eastern Time yesterday, 14,427. That's 14,427. Okay, thank you. I will now ask for Alice G. to please read the 12 steps. Go ahead,
1: Alice.
2: Good morning, this is Alice G., Recovering Compulsive Overeater in Wisconsin. The 12 Steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food and that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for allowing me to share
0: thank you alex i will now ask for joanne l to read the 12 traditions go ahead
3: good morning everyone this is joanne l from rhode island the 12 traditions of overeaters anonymous one uh, common welfare should come first personal recovery depends upon oa unity two for our group purpose there is but one ultimate authority a loving god as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. Least problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you very much for the service. I appreciate it. Pass. Thank you, Joanne.
0: Okay, so how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but... We ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. If you go over, you'll hear me say time. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our absence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no absence requirement for sharing on topic. Again, this meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted, and please avoid speaking on speaker phones. Today we resume our study in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We're finishing up the chapter Working with Others and we are on the second paragraph and I'm going to ask Vinny T to get us started. Go ahead, Vinny. Good morning, am I being heard?
4: I can hear you well. Thank you. Thank you. This is Vinnie T recovered in North Carolina, gratefully. Um Someday we hope that Alcoholics Anonymous will help the public to be to better to a better realization of the gravity of the alcoholic problem. But we shall be of little use if our attitude is one of bitterness or hostility. Drinkers will not stand for it. Ah, oh, my goodness, there's a lot in that <laughs> two short sentences. Um, first of all, of course to have the public be aware of Overeaters Anonymous. Um, we all know how difficult that is. Um, we're, you know, not supposed to be out there, you know, on public media and everything, you know, tooting our horn and all. But uh, it's it's hard to get, get the word out there through the doctors and, and uh, public places. Um, you know, they're not hearing us. Um, and i don't know why because you know we we are so happy you know living joyous and free and and it should be obvious to people uh,
3: you know we we
4: all know lots of people and they've noticed the difference in us but i don't know why the word doesn't get out there more um and then the the uh attitude of bitterness and hostility um yeah that's that's not what brought me into the program um what brought me in was you know hearing or what brought me to recovery actually was was hearing the hope uh, of the people who have been recovered. Um, I I didn't I didn't get that right away because I live in a small area. We have very few people, and, and you know it you know we don't have a lot of recovery. Um, you know certainly not at the time that I came in. We're doing we're doing better now since we've discovered the vision meetings and have contact with. You know, thousands of people. Uh, what an amazing thing! Um, but it's 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 the hope, the hope and the joy um, of the, of this program. Doing the steps, recovering, living for the first time in my life. I mean, really living. And uh, you know, to pass that along to other overeaters or compulsive eaters. Uh, you know that's that's the main thing. Um, we can't. You know we can't. It's hard to to get people in, and it's very easy to drive them away. Um, so we have to be on our guard to not share. You know all of the misery that we we've been through. You know it's it's the hope of recovery that that we need. And I'll pass on that. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much, Vinny. Now before I take names. I'd like to remind everyone that although we value uh, your experience, we ask that you leave your share to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. Okay, so who would like to share on what was read? Irene. Lisa B. Uh, Katie F. Elena. Elena C. Irene. Nessa R. Lisa Elena. Lisa B. Katie F. Hold on. Uh, Nessa. Did you get Lisa B.? I did
2: get Lisa. Yep,
0: I have Irene B, Lisa B, Katie F, Nessa R. Who did I miss?
2: Diana S.
0: Diana. Elena C.
2: Elena, so I missed Elena C. Okay,
5: anybody else? All right, well, that's a great group to start with. Elena B, Lisa, Lisa
0: Lisa B., Katie F., Nessa R., Diana F., and Elena C. Go ahead, Irene. Thank you. Good morning. Thank you so much for your service. Um, I'm Irene B., a gratefully recovering bulimic from Bangor, Louisiana. My take on this uh, paragraph uh, is a little bit different, but it's so powerful and it applies perfectly. I see this paragraph as a way of dealing with interpersonal relationships. I agree that the medical community could so be so well served to refer people to us, but they don't. I've tried, but I don't – well, I don't know that it works. I think it's
6: – in out of in and out
0: of the ears, and that's that. But what I want to share today is that for me personally, I'm going to share a very personal story. Um, my husband is uh, very resentful of me, and um, and it's funny because he thinks that he thinks he's a victim, and he doesn't see. The pain that he has inflicted on me and, and I mean it's unbelievable, it's just utterly unbelievable, and there's a part of me that wants to tell him how much he has hurt me, but all that's gonna do is drive him away further and uh what comes to mind that for me it's like I need to surrender this what that's what this program is. this is a program of surrender of ego deflation, and here I am still hurting because of all the hurts that he has imposed on me, and I just you know I want to acknowledge and I do acknowledge how I have hurt him, but the way that I have hurt him the way I see it is nothing compared to the way that he has hurt me, but he's in complete denial. And if I want to be effective in this relationship, bitterness and hostility have no room in the solution. And um, and I think that if we look at this paragraph and equate it with our
6: personal relationship, I think it works beautiful because if we remember that this is a program of surrender and ego deflation, and we work on problem resolution, bitterness and hostility
0: cannot coexist in a situation when you're trying to resolve a problem,
6: when you're trying to attract a person to come to you to your point of seeing things. And for this, I'm so
0: very, very thankful. And I tried to run the show, and and that's my ego, and it's like I can't run the show anymore. And with that, I pass. Thank you for allowing me to share. Thank you. Irene, Lisa B., it's your turn.
7: Good morning. My name is Lisa B., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina, and I do spell my name L-E-S-A, and thank you, Amy. This reading means so much today, means so much more to me today than I think it has in the past. I'm really beginning to understand it more and more. So it says I can be of little use. If my attitude, and I know that AA, you know, a lot of people say AA often stands for attitude adjustment. It's it's an attitude problem that I have, and I was thinking about in steps 10 and 11, it says, to me in the big book we let God discipline us in this simple way and that's how I can become useful um, so what happens to me when I'm under pressure when you squeeze me ick comes out if I'm not in good spiritual condition you know when I get under pressure what really is there is what comes out and being in good spiritual condition um, requires that I stay active in this program of action, especially in steps 10 and 11, to be useful to others. And um, I I just noticed that word attitude and bitterness and hostility. That's what jumps out for me. Um, And I love the clear directions in the big book. If I keep studying, especially in this chapter, working with others, it gives me suggestions from experience of what I can say to others. But what I'm really seeing today for myself is that when I get disturbed when I get squeezed and under pressure. What really is there is what comes out, and it shows my spiritual condition or my lack of spiritual condition. So that's that's what I wanted to share, that experience for me, and trying to convey this message of hope to others. I can't really be useful if I'm not connected and plugged in and in good spiritual condition. I pass.
8: Thank you so much, Lisa. Katie, up, you're up. Okay, good morning, Amy, and everyone on the line. Thank you so much for your service. Um, So, yeah, I, you know, when I first read this paragraph, it's a little frustrating because um, I feel like we have tried to help the public to a better realization of the gravity of the um, compulsive overeating problem, but um, it just isn't working, as some others have shared. Um, It hasn't worked personally in my life and it hasn't um, worked in the medical community. I mean, I hate to be a downer, but, but the other part is that um, I can't be the the judge of whether someone is truly a compulsive overeater. So that's where our attitude has to come in. I have to remain um, pretty neutral with what other people are doing with their food. And, you know, in the beginning and, you know, for several years, that was really hard for me. Like, I wanted to tell everybody that they should be eating the way I eat. And, you know, it's really been in the last um eight years that I've been on a vision for you that, you know, studying this big book and understanding about the alcoholic problem, about the food addictive problem, that it's not just that my body is too big or that um, I can't stop eating. Once I start, it's the mental obsession. And the, um, that is something that we can't see. You can't see that when you're watching someone eat, you can't see whether they are, um, or whether they're not eating or what they're doing. We cannot see into some, I can't see into someone's mind. And it takes a level of honesty that not everyone is willing to go to. Um, so that's why my attitude has to always remain open and willing to um to give of myself. And you know, sometimes I I spend a long time on the phone with, you know, a newcomer from this meeting or from other meetings I attend and they seem so enthusiastic and so interested and then, you know, that's <laughs> the end of that. I never hear from them again and you know, maybe I hear from them years later and they're back at square one again. You know, but I can't be bitter and angry that they're not getting it. You know, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you, newcomer? Why don't you want to do what I do? Why don't you just put down the food? You know, as if it was so easy for me, (laughs) because it wasn't. You know, it took me revolving through these doors for seven years before I put the food down, and, you know, it may take someone 17 years or 27 years. You just don't know. And so my attitude of an open heart and willing to work with others, wherever they are, and however many times they come back to me, is my responsibility. And I can't be um, on a crusade to save the world that isn't asking for my help. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Katie.
0: Okay. Nessa R.,
5: you're up.
6: Hi, good morning, Vision for you. This is Nessa R, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Toronto, Canada. And I second what was just said. Um, this paragraph is a continuation of what we were reading yesterday. And this is how uh, we treat others, how we um, our attitude is towards others who are in active addiction. Um, and we tend to think about this more in terms of um, newcomers or people who are still out there but this also applies to people in the rooms um, you know and, and it's very very easy to um, get frustrated when us C picks up you know for the third time the fourth time the, the tenth time um, you know I, I struggle with this, this disease out there for almost four decades not knowing of course that I had a disease or the nature of that disease um, and I struggled in the rooms um, for almost another decade. Um, and I don't know where I would be today um, if it hadn't been for the understanding, the perseverance, the, I don't know, I guess perseverance, I guess is, is the, the correct word, of my sponsors. You know, I had, you know, several sponsors in, in those times and I, you know and I was in and out of the food for nine years um, by the grace of God I didn't um, leave um, like others do because I felt um, understood and I didn't felt judge um, you know some of my sponsor especially my current sponsor um, treated me firmly but lovingly not to say that um, I would tell us from see who relapses once or or twice or you know let alone more times that it's okay to do that uh, it's not um, but it is understandable because you know we are we are food addicts, and so this is what um, what's needed is not you know a, 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 a an attitude of bitterness and um, uh, hostility it's an attitude of understanding, but also of encouragement that, hey, if I did it, you can do it too. Like there's no doubt in my mind, you know, the only thing you have to do is adjust your attitude is, you know, make food not be an option, right? Because if food is an option, it's going to be the only option. And this is my approach to to responsibilities, having been there, done that for nine years when people relapse. And, you know, it's also not my job um, to tell um, to call a sponsee whether I'm the right sponsor or not. Uh, it's their job to determine, you know, after a, after a while, you know, I do get the feeling maybe there's nothing I can do to help you, and I tell them that. Uh, but the decision whether to stay or leave right. me is, is, is their own. Um, you know, they have that dignity of choice all the time. And uh, with that, I pass. Thank you
5: so much. Thank you so much, NASA. Diana S. You're up. Diana Press Star One,
9: to unmute. Hi. Good morning. This is Diana S. Um, can I be heard? Okay. I'm I'm wearing headphones. Yes. Just okay. Perfect. perfect. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, yes. I'm um, Diana S. In Arkansas and nearly recovered in this program. Um, I wanted to share um, so this is totally God at work but I recently did a fourth and fifth step on another program um, another 12-step program where after spending my hour with God this is what came up for me is um, I felt really bitter I felt very angry and just you know I wasn't I didn't like the fact that I have to do, you know, all this work, that I have to do all these uh, things to to stay in spiritual fitness. But, you know, I don't have to do it. I'm choosing to do it. I'm choosing this way of life because the life that I had before wasn't working. And I have to really, really accept that what I was doing wasn't working, that, you know, everything I had tried on my own power uh, to put the food down or for other 12step programs um, you know i I couldn't do it. my life was really unmanageable and so if i if I accept that unmanageability you know I'll have the hope and I'll wear the hope and I will want to tell people about it um, but not only that right it's not about um, promoting this this is about attracting right it's a program of attraction, um, not promotion. So I think it is, you know, um, when we spend time with God, it's important to, you know, ask for these things to be revealed to us. Like, how is my attitude this morning, God, um, you know, where, and that nightly review, I think that's what that's for, you know, if I'm actually taking my time and really asking God, um, you know, where, where was I, um, you know, resentful where was I selfish? Am I doing those ten steps on, on time? Am I am I really being helpful? Am I really kind and loving? Um, one of the things last night that came up for me in my uh, review was, you know, what could I have done better? And I usually skip right through that one because I think that, you know, I did everything great. I really think that I fully connected with my higher power and and I've been doing the work and but I actually took the time to really sit with that and, and you know, have God actually answer that for me and, instead of myself. So am I really, am I really surrendered? You know, have I completely surrendered? Do I admit my failure in trying to do something that I am just not fit for? And once I do, I think, you know, people, people will see that and, and that's, that's all right. Like my job is to just stay in 10, 11, and 12 and and the rest, you know, God God will put in front of me. Um so it's that I pass and thank you for letting me share.
0: Thank you, Diana. Okay. Elena, see, it is your turn. Please go ahead.
5: Good morning,
0: morning, everybody. This is Elena C. from Greenville, South Carolina. And I was intrigued by this paragraph because it speaks at first, um, the first part, about the necessity of um, our fellowship, AAOA, of educating the public uh, about the gravity of the alcoholic problem. You know, and I... um, know that a lot of um people that don't understand this condition of addiction. They just look at it as, you know, this this or this person that ha- does not have the willpower to overcome this and it's you know, and people choose choose to drink or choose to eat or whatever and there's still this um there's still this beliefs out there and um educating the public is very important um and even medical profession i think that um they are starting now to unravel the you know the physiology and neurophysiology of of addiction and how it relates to the brain function and but i think not everybody does and it's said that um you know, addiction is still looked upon as something that um, that's a choice, and when it's not, addiction is not a choice. Addiction is in the body. Addiction is, um, you know, our body are different. The brain construction um, because we have the phenomenon of craving, and there's nothing that we can do uh, once that substance got into our body, and Um, And so, and then the second part that we have a power, we have a power and a responsibility to educate the public somehow, like attraction rather than promotion, and it starts with just this simple attitude of um, maybe like authenticity, an attitude of, you know, courage, an attitude of, um, compassion towards others um, that I still have this con- condition compassion for ourselves. Um, and And that's just good for me to understand that. And that attitude of of compassion and courage and you know calm and and patience and tolerance. I can only get it if I if I stay in my steps, if I stay in the beautiful steps of recovery. And um, and, and that's the first step in educating Fine. the public about what we are having. And um, I'm so glad to be here with that op-ed. Thank you so much, Elena. Okay, before we open up the line for some more shares, just want to remind everyone we're on page 103. On the second paragraph, someday we hope. And if you haven't shared in uh, three days, we would love to hear from you. So, who would like to share?
10: Nikifa H.
0: I'm sorry, who was that?
5: Nikifa. Nikifa H. Okay. Who else? Megan K. Karen K. Michael M. Michael M. Anybody else? Don't be shy. Courtney M. Who is that? Lizzie. Courtney G. M. Somebody M. Ivy M.
0: Courtney. Oh, Courtney. Jeez. I was off. <laughs> Courtney M. Okay. Take take another person. I think someone else came in there.
5: Liz G. All right, Liz G.
0: Anybody else?
11: Mary Beth S.
0: Mary Beth. S. All right, let's go with this. Matifa H. Uh, Heron K. I think it was. Uh, forgive me if I'm butchering names here. Michael M. Courtney M, Liz G, Mary Beth F. You can correct me when you're
5: trying to. All right, Matifa, please go ahead. Matifa my name is, Yeah,
10: My name's is Matifa. I'm a compulsive eater. Can I be heard?
0: I can. Thank you.
10: Thank, uh, you're welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you for this reading. And when I first heard it, I was thinking, Sometimes I always think when I read sentences off the big book, well, that doesn't apply to anything. But when I sat there and got quiet with that reading, it directly applies to me and my work conditions right now. I drive a public bus, so I'm in direct contact with the public, and it's been really stressful and challenging. Um, And I realized that I have a... um, a panic response, like I can feel it in my body when um, large groups of people start to board, and my reaction to that fear is my attitude turns to complete crapola, and I guess I, I just realized this when this first started, and um, so it says in, in being hostile and whatever whatever else it said, nobody's gonna respond to that like if I say the public they're not they don't respond to that when they get on a the bus, they don't know that I'm triggered right, and then when they ask a question and I respond nasty or sarcastically, they're gonna respond in defense um and that's how it goes and what does that do? that builds more anxiety and tension within me, right? And that energy I'm exuding. So it's just going back and forth, and it's not a good response. And yesterday I worked 10 and a half hours, and it was the longest 10 and a half hours because it was one of the worst routes ever um, regarding groups of people and the um, population that I was picking up. So I'm really grateful for this reading this morning, And um, I'm going to talk with my sponsor about checking my attitude. My attitude has been a challenge my life, you know, and I really want to try to implement some things um, where I can, you know, get some guidance or how can I stop that? Because it's all fear-based. My ego and all of that and pride, you're talking to me some kind of way, you know, all of that. But with that reading, it says it, no matter what, Me being tense and hostile is not the solution to the problem. So thanks for letting me share. With
5: that, I pass. Thank you, Makeefa.
0: Okay. Um,
5: Hearing Kay, if I got that right. Press star one to unmute. Maybe it was Erin. Oh, hi. This is
1: Megan Kay.
0: Megan K. Okay, please go ahead, Megan. That.
1: Hi, this is Megan. Um, I'm a copulsive overeater in New Jersey. Um, thank you everyone that shared and for organizing the meeting and the moderator. Um, what I was thinking about when I heard this is that um, I guess for me is like when has um, being hostile about something or bitter about something ever made anyone want to listen to it any more than, than like that first burst. Like when I hear hostility or anger or rage or anything like that, I want to run away from it. I don't want to be anywhere near that conversation or control. Oh God, I'm running away. So, um, if someone brings that attitude towards me and they're trying to convince me of a new lifestyle, like um, I'm, my ears are shut. Uh, I'm going to avoid that person. I don't want to go back to that conversation ever again. Um, And so how is that going to, you know, like others have said, how is that a program of attraction (laughs) rather than promotion? I'm definitely not promoting the program and I'm definitely not going to attract anybody that way um, because um, just like the previous speaker said, is if I'm doing that, I'm really living in the problem, and that's not the point of this program. This program gives me hope, and I believe the only place hope lives is in the solution. And um, so honestly, if I'm in bitterness and hostility, I'm, I'm in um, jeopardy of... M- putting myself back in the food and um, so why would anyone come back like okay let's come back to hopelessness oh yeah I want to go there that sounds like a great solution and and hopelessness and by the way it's not a quick fix like I'm not promising you a diet pill a magic pill I'm not promising you like if you work out I'm not promising that it's easy on top of it so I'm bitter and hopeless and it's a slow fix so all of those things are not going to bring anybody to the program at all and drinkers will not stand for it. it will recoil at it and just for me I would completely run from that person or from that conversation and I would If I'm going to ask to be a part of the conversation again, it is because I'm going to complain about it and bitch about it and just misery about it. So really, I'm showing no interest in any action or wanting something better. So thank you for letting me share. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much,
0: Megan. Okay, Michael,
12: M, you're up. Thank you so much for your service, uh, Michael. Recovered one day at a time, and uh, I'm a long timer. And uh, I found vision uh, four years ago and started listening little by little by little, and I just am amazed at how much more I have learned. And I've been in twelve step program for food forty four years, uh, and the way I'm so pleased with how. I went shopping for, I'm a senior, and I go for my senior seniors, like the 80s and 90s, and I used to take them, but now I just go for them and leave it at their door. And I went and I got all this stuff, and the prices are getting crazy it's so high, which is upsetting me. And, you know, the shelves are getting bare where I live, and that scared me. And I go to pay everything out, and I forgot my money. So instead of getting crazy like I used to, even in – Programs and since I've been involved in listening and 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 reading and all the et cetera with vision, I noticed that I don't react anymore. I said to the young woman, I called her ma'am. <laughs> she she was young know, I said, I forgot my money. I can I run home and hold my stuff? I, it's only I, you know, ten minutes. She says, of course. I came back. And I was able to. I was nervous, but I was able. She saved everything. I got much of what I needed. A uh, lot of lots and lots of beans because uh, the shelves are really as far as meats going on. I don't need much meat anyway. But I don't watch. I don't like to watch the news because they scare me. You know, saying all these things that may be happening. So anyway, I want to thank you so much for all that service, especially all work. Healthcare workers, because I, for 30 years, worked in acute care, and I was guilty that I, I wanted to volunteer, but actually, <laughs> I'm, I'm too old, plus I have a heart problem, so they wouldn't take me. So thank you so much uh, for allowing me to share. God bless.
0: Thank you, Michael. Courtney? Courtney M., you're up.
13: Good morning. This is Courtney M., uh, recovering compulsive over year in southwest Florida. And, um, I have no idea what I'm going to share about on this paragraph. I got to be honest with you <laughs> It was one of those uh dudges from my higher power that said it's time for you to speak up so um, we shall be a little use if our attitude is one of bitterness or hostility. You know this actually kind of came up for me i i i I know that this chapter is regarding working with others, and that's where this paragraph where this rest of this paragraph was meant to go. Like we can't help people if we're being hostile or bitter. Um and I and I get that, but it's kind of funny this morning I had a run in with my own hostility and bitterness when I I had a really terrible night's sleep last night. I feel like I barely slept. And I am at home with my four year old son who is highly energetic and he slept perfectly well last night. So he's got tons of energy. And I ended up sleeping past the normal, t- normal time that I wake up. My husband's schedule was all goofy this morning. He didn't get up when he normally gets up and do his normal thing. So my whole morning routine got thrown off. And I caught myself being bitter and hostile towards him. Like, hey, what are you doing, taking a shower this time? when you take a shower at night? And blah, 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 blah. I didn't actually say all of that out loud most of it i said in my head to be honest but um but i did say few things out loud that shouldn't have been said and i had to catch myself and realize that it was my own fear that my morning wasn't going the way my morning normally should and uh and i was just uh, you know it wasn't it, it wasn't going according to my my script so um uh, and, and that wasn't helpful. It wasn't helpful to him. He had to, he had to go to work today. And he has to deal with a lot of stress and fear at work with his coworkers. And, you know, it's not going to help my son if I'm being hostile. I'm not going to have a great day here home with him. And um, and, and, and in a previous, I was in another, um, what's called a spinoff, from OA for several years, and there was, I did get a lot of that sort of bitterness and hostility from, from fellows who were there. Like, if you did have a, a relapse or, or they would call it a break in abstinence, it wasn't, I, I didn't feel as if um, I was given an opportunity to like dust myself off and keep moving on. I just kind of was getting the message that I was broken, and I was broken, and I was never going to be fixed. And that was the opposite of giving me hope. Um, that made me feel terrible about myself, and it did not aid my recovery. So I think that it's super important that we, that we bear this in mind um, and to stay out of that judgment so that we really can help others. Thank you, Alpa.
0: Thank you. Okay, Liz. Oops. Um,
5: Liz G, you're up. Please go ahead. Liz, has star one? Was it Liz K? No, I think it was Liz G. Liz G, are you there? Okay, well, if you can come back in after Mary Beth. Mary Beth, Mary Beth F, please go
0: ahead. Hi, this is Liz. Oh, there you are. Hey, good Beth. morning. Whoops. Wait, wait, hold on one second. It took a second here to get Liz on line, Mary Beth. Do you mind waiting?
14: No, not at all, not at all. All
0: right, thank you. Go ahead, Liz. Thank,
14: thank you. This is Liz from Connecticut, the first time I've been uh, speaking up here. I am an overeater. You're
6: welcome.
14: Thank you for having me. And um, I could relate to this as um, it says working with others, And I thank God for all the people that wrote this book, or or Bill W., for writing this book, because it says someday we hope that Alcoholics Anonymous will help the public. And it certainly has helped me in multiple programs. But in OA, um, I think about um, this attitude of bitterness and hostility. And many years ago, I came into an OA meeting, and some person was sharing and the whole entire meeting, he talked about what he ate, and I'd walked out of there angry and bitter, and I never came back for many, many years later. And this reminds me to be uh, not bitter and not hostile towards myself. I can be bitter and hostile towards others, but aren't I bitter and hostile towards myself? What a shame. Why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? So it's a reminder to be kind and loving and tolerant for myself as well as others. And I have um, pushed programs onto family members b- because of the pain I was in. I hated seeing my brothers and sisters overeating, or overdrinking, whatever it was, and wanted something else. But it was all about me. So um, when it's about others, um, I make a difference, I think, with loving, patient, tolerance. So, um, still working this OA program, and I thank God for a sponsor who is loving and tolerant and kind, and firm too. So, thanks for listening. Bye.
0: Thank you so much, Liz. Welcome aboard, as they say. All right, Mary Beth, please go ahead.
11: Hey, good morning, family. This is Mary Beth from South Bend, Indiana, and gratefully recovered bulimic and um, compulsive everything. (laughs) I love what I have heard so far. And um, I I really appreciate this, this paragraph that Vinny read Um, and it really reminded me based on her share about working with doctors and, and I've been, You know, I've been an eating disorders mental health advocate for a long time, but I know I have to be careful about not breaking traditions regarding promotion. So just very quickly, um, I've lost both of my sisters to the ravages of eating disorders. And um, I so I have a particular... Mm, strident attitude, shall we say, which I really need to be careful about um, around um, docs. So um, what I have found is that when I approach my own doc, you know, it's taken a while for us to build a mutual trust with one another but the thing that helped most is for me to be rigorously honest with her and to open up to her and talk to her about my issues and to share my experience strength and hope right so when i'm honest with her and also sharing the glad you know the great tidings she is more willing to listen and um you know what i've come to understand is that doctors um, you know they're like anybody else. They're they're not going to be open if I'm coming to them with anything other than fit spiritual condition. So, having said that, you know there there are a lot a lot a lot of ways we can be useful. Um, and um, while I won't promote any of them here, um, there are a lot of national um, support. Things that you can get involved with and um, so i just I just want to say that that has helped me really in my own service is to to talk about it to doctors and the biggest blessing in my life today, and i 'll wrap up with this is that i 'm working at uh, Notre Dame University, and I am role-playing with pre-med students on, on working compassionately with their their patients. And thank God, the director of this program, uh, Compassionate Care in Medicine, he and I have really started talking about how to work with patients who um, – are severely overweight, underweight, whatever it is, and to work through the fear of working with people who have food issues and food behaviors uh, because they are terrified, folks. They are terrified of touching us with a 10-foot pole um, for whatever reason. So um, I just feel so fortunate that I can be of service in this way. Love you all. Have a great day. With that, I pass. Thanks.
0: Thank you, Mary Beth. Okay, so we have time for basically one more share. Maybe Hi, this two. is Victoria L., and I'm, a hey. I'm sorry, Cindy
2: from California.
0: I'm sorry, who was the first? Victoria L? Uh, yeah, Victoria L. Victoria Hi, L. L. Hi, good morning, and everyone.
15: Oh, go ahead. Victoria?
0: Yeah, I think I, I'm not sure if we're going to have, yeah, go ahead, Victoria. I think you'll take okay. us out.
15: Hi, good morning everyone. I'm Victoria Allen. I'm a compulsive overeater and I'm super grateful to be on the line. I've been on a vision for you for a very long time and I hardly ever share. I mostly just listen. Um, It took me eight years to get to this point, but I'm finally coming up on six months of abstinence and I'm so super grateful. And um, this subject just really touches me deeply because... um, You know, I think I was born a compulsive eater. My mom wrote in my baby book that um, pretty much from the time I could nurse that I was so insatiable I would nurse until I threw up. So, like, even as a baby, I was bulimic. And eating disorders run rampant in my family. I'm pretty convinced my mom has one. My sister suffers from anorexia and deep bulimia untreated, and my other sister and my nephews all suffer from obesity. And um, But what really struck me about our reading this morning was the bitterness and hostility everyone's been talking about because I also think I was born with a bad attitude. (laughs) She also wrote that from the time I could start talking, um, from the moment I could start talking, I started talking back. And I really related to the person who understood so deeply and profoundly that when she's afraid and large groups of people come around, that um, she cops attitude and really it's um, I'm the same way when I'm in fear I cop an attitude and um, I've been angry my whole life and um, it's something I struggle with profoundly to get rid of the anger and really all it is for me is it's a mask against my deep hypersensitivity and vulnerability and it's my way of protecting myself I was profoundly abused as a kid and so as an adult, I still fear other people are going to abuse me. And so I, I strike out before um, before um, someone can hurt me, basically. And um, it's taken a lot of work in this program and other programs and outside help um, to get through that. And I'm just so grateful that through everything that's going on right now in the world and all the fear that's run, running amok, that I can stay abstinent and it's not me, it's my higher power and all the work I do in this program. And trust me, I bitch about all the work I have to do in this program. But if I don't stay connected to OA every single day in some way or another of being of service to others and asking my higher power who he would have me be, I could revert back to that angry, horrible person in about 10 seconds and, um, and the way I get out of it is by being of service to other people and um, to my higher power. So thanks very much for letting me share.
0: Okay, thank you, Victoria. We actually have one minute left. Is there someone that I would like to share for Lisa one minute? L. Lisa, Lisa L. Lisa L.
14: You have one minute. Hi everyone, that's all I need. This is Lisa L. from New York. So grateful um, for the day. I'm grateful for the reading. Um, the bitterness and hostility was, was my wheelhouse and is my go-to if I'm not careful. So I'm grateful that I have this call um, every day to um, remind myself of who I am and my higher power. And um, so I have to say today's my birthday. And Happy birthday. Um, it's a, thank you. It's a wonderful birthday because, you know what, I'm from New York and I am in good health. And I consider that a win. So I'm having a birthday. Um, So thank you for letting me share. And I will pass it back to you. Thank you, Lisa.
0: What a great way to end our meeting. Wishing you a happy birthday. Be safe out there. Awesome. Thank you. Okay. I'd like to thank everyone who has shared. Please join us for another awesome second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. The share ID for today's meeting, April 14th, 2020, 7 a.m. Eastern Time Vision for You meeting is 14,433. That's 1433. So we are now going to close with the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Lisa B., could you please read the Vision for You?
7: Yes.